Archers, attack! Keep firing! Let none escape! Another down! Do not relent! I'm Slide Whistle! I am Immunization! And I'm Aaron, Fire Mage Extraordinaire and Horde Punching Bag! Two of my biggest game series just kind of let me down with their announcements, so let's hope I can hold it together for this episode! Wait, what happened? What did I miss? I was asleep oh, for a while. Um, just this past weekend, they celebrated the Dragon Quest RPG series 35th anniversary by announcing seven phone games I don't care about and the new mainline series, but we don't know anything about it. And then Sonic the Hedgehog celebrated his 30th anniversary with some old bullshit with like nothing. <laughs> and they even had to like mid uh, announcement be like, OK, there's more coming later. So. Don't be sad, please. Oh, no. When you have to say that, that's never a good side. No. You think they would have had something in, like, the the works for, like, at least a few years prior he to now for such a big anniversary? He also, he hasn't have had a game since, like, late 2019. So, like, you guys had time. We but, want Sonic Colors 2. Uh, they're actually remaking Sonic Colors, so... Really? Oh. Yeah. They're, they announced mm. a remake for Sonic Colors... They're announcing a collection of old 2D games that, like, we already own, but, like, they're upscaled, so we'll do it. And then they they teased a new game, which 4chan says is not very good, but, like, I don't, nothing is known about this game. So this guy on 4chan who's like, I played the whole thing for three years, I think it stinks. I don't really trust him yet. I was going to say, like, 4chan isn't your, like, go-to source for all news and information. That's where I learn everything. But, uh, so it's a, it's a tough time to be specifically us, because WoW hasn't done anything new either, other than launch the Burning Crusade Classic. I'm happy for all you folks out there killing it. My friends list is literally just people playing World of Warcraft Classic. In fact, I see Papa Cheese and Tyre online right now. I haven't seen Tyre in the Shadowlands in like six months, but he's out there in the TBC. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before, I guess my opinion about Classic is that I am happy that people are happy, I will not be investing much time in it, but... I really wanted to hit 60 for... I just wanted to see the Dark Portal, and I'm still having that problem where nobody helps me kill the mobs that you can't solo. I'm slashy yelling... I slash ass the people who are doing other quests, and nobody's helping me, so I'm Still really confused on the whole aspect of we're a community, damn it. No, that I, I will just say it. I feel like we've said it before, but the whole like trope of everyone talking about like how classic has like the superior community. I think those people just don't have friends in retail or something. Or no. I I just don't have friends in classic. And like I, I do feel a little awkward posting in the Lion's Pride Tavern being like, can somebody come out all the way out here to Western Plaguelands and help me do this one quest? Because like, I don't want to waste anyone's time. I could do that, I guess. But yeah. Now, Pagel, the server you play on, that's a fairly active server, right? It's not like you're on like a boo-boo one. No, yeah, Pagel is where actually I'm, I'm pretty sure all of the wild content creators that are in North America not doing PvP go, Alliance side, 
Um, so yeah, it's actually a it's a pretty fat server. Maybe everyone's just getting ready for the TBC and doing other stuff. But there were a lot of people like me who were boosted just running around. So I'm like, somebody stop. Yeah, doing what I, would, doing. I would imagine with the sheer amount of time it takes to get to max level, there probably wouldn't be people like, oh, don't worry, I'll help you on my alt. Like alts don't exist when it takes 300 hours to get to max level. Watch as I probably like pick the worst leveling zone to finish the last two levels in. I just didn't. I wasn't aware when I did it. Yeah, you didn't read the leveling guide about how to properly get ready for TBC Classic. Hazel Nudie and Bingledorf Games are over there in Eastern Plaguelands, and you're schlepping it in Western Plaguelands. You gotta go follow uh, Bongus's example. He's got a million followers on Twitch. Can't you read Warcraft Classic Guides, mister? Can't, Can't you read? read? Can't you read a web page? I switched the pages. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> something, <laughs> something in my brain is broken when Immune just says the words, Can't you read? And that's the, I can't think of anything else other than getting out a Can't you read, mister joke. I need to see a therapist or something. This is every fucking week. Okay, so literally I was in the shower the other day and I was thinking, so this is this is just a quick Nicktoons tangent. They took the Panty Raid episode of SpongeBob off of like the Paramount service. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get it, Panty Raid. But I just realized that's also the same episode with you two are all right, not lame. I love yep. that joke, and it's one of the gone coolest, forever. One of the coolest screenshots of not lame. I think I think we're just like Nicktoon poisoned. Somebody at work said the word Harold, and I literally almost said to them, like when he stole Mr. Green's meats, and I'm like, I don't, they don't know what I'm talking why about, do you, I don't think. Why do you think we never go back and remember any other Harold things? Like when he was Pagliacci <laughs> the Sad Clown, or when he had to really study to read the Torah? No, it's always Mr. Green and the ham. Or, or when he went on a cruise to lose weight but came back bigger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? You're right. How about this? Whenever we want to quote Mr. Green's hands, we should definitely just try to think of a new episode. Like when him and Big Patty were competing in the spelling bee, but then they fell in love and he threw it for her. That's Harold has some great story arcs. And that Torah arc, he is, he is wow. so much more than just stealing the ham. Like, what other cartoons just casually had, like, a Jewish person just reading about their religion. Nobody. And it worked, and it was, it was a good episode. All right, yeah, Rugrats. I was going to say Rugrats. Was, it was, was specifically this era, this era of, like, Nicktoons did for some reason. Okay, I'm sorry, everybody. Trust me. We're, we have a lot of things to talk about, but I have to bring this up really quick. They did a Hulu reboot of Rugrats, right? They cut Howard. They cut Howard out. Yes. Bill and Lowe's they, dad. I'm they, like, what? They cut Howard to make the mom like a, a powerful butch lesbian. And I was like, well, I mean, we all knew she was, but you didn't have to kill Howard just to make a yeah. point. It's like they can still have a dad who just is like, yeah, my wife's gay. And I knew the whole time. Who does Chaz talk to now? Stu? All the time? He needs a Howard. That's my tangent. Should we talk about the book first, or should we talk about the how we have definitive information on our new Mythic Plus Affix? I guess let's start with the the new Mythic Plus Affix, which, like, this news is breaking as of, like, within the last hour of when we press record to start this podcast. So it's fresh for us, will be less fresh for you guys listening, but let's dive into it. We got information 
that the Aphex is officially called Tormented, and it is basically going to be kind of similar to the one that we had in BFA called Awakened in, in some ways, where like there are going to be elite NPCs that you have to defeat across a dungeon, and they give you specific powers. And if you don't kill them, then, like, for everyone, you don't kill the final bosses powered up by a certain amount. Yeah, it's, hmm. it's like, it's almost like uh, Awakened, where you had those bosses you had to kill. But it's, like, it's still giving you power, and it's different. It's kind of different. I also heard that they're only going to call it Tormented on Tyrannical Weeks. And during Fortified Weeks, it's just called Kinda Tormented. <laughs> so if i remember correctly the one in bfa you had to go into like alternate nazoth realms to find these guys well these these will just be on the map somewhere they'll just put an elite npc somewhere yeah so unfortunately we're not being sent to the shadow realm this time um i think we're just walking through the dungeons so here's a short summary of the affix Four new lieutenants are available to kill in the dungeon. When you kill a lieutenant, you get an anima power. Anima powers do not appear to be RNG and are role specific. For each lieutenant that is still up when the final boss is pulled, it applies an aura that will make the final boss harder, like Awakened. Because in Awakened, we had like one up still sometimes, like we can still kill this. So there's, yeah, it says there's no clicking to be done, no like little obelisks to interact with. They have very few abilities and seem really, seem rather easy to kill, but they're maybe out of the way, fucking up your route. But the route will also matter less because you don't have prideful spawning at set percentages. Oh my God. People are saying that they can't wait to see what routes are going to look like without like the percentages of, of, um, a prideful and i didn't even think about that rocks are going to change completely and i'm like i wanted to try to figure out tanking and i'm like do i even bother with the <laughs> yeah there's no point at this point most i mean like 40 percent of what you learn is just going to be out the window also can i just say that it's really fucking rude of blizzard or whoever gave this information now like they are describing the next affix that is going to be replacing prideful and like, bitch, we in the we in the full force of Pride Month now. I was just thinking about that. I said <laughs> that this is like the Florida guy who signed who signed the anti-trans bill yesterday because it's Pride. Blizzard is out here being like, mm, we're gonna release the information to really stick it to you guys. No, see, this is why the delayed eight point one. They're like, listen, we gotta keep prideful through the whole month of June by giving them no new content. So we keep prideful in June. We don't get yelled at on Twitter. We good. So the lieutenants appear on the map like uh, like war bosses. Actually, more so like Eye of the Jailer, Wrath of the Jailer bosses. They have that little skull with a star around them. And this information does make me a little bit worried. They do not reset health on wipe. So you know how prideful, if you get a bad pride pull. Well, I, I guess you wouldn't get a bad tormented pull, right? So wait... Prideful also, I think, keeps its health. Oh, they do not reset health. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah, no, I was like, Phew. this should okay. be easy. Phew. Like, you get them to 10%, and if you die, you come back, and they're just at okay. 10%. That was my fuck up. That was my bad. I, I read it as they reset health, even though I said the words, do not. We good. Who cares? They're true sight. They don't give count. 
that's assumed, right? So here are the auras that they will give to the last boss. Um, the auras are 50% movement speed reduction, yikes. Damage over time effect. 50% reduced healing. 50% increased physical damage taken. These lieutenants will, these auras will apply individually for every lieutenant you live alive. Leave all four lieutenants up and you have to deal with all these auras. So I believe each boss has an aura tied to them, maybe? Yes, they do. They show do. It's going to be so difficult because you know eventually like a month or two into it you're gonna get people where it's like no i am beef enough we don't need to kill that one and it's like well i i kind of don't want 50 percent reduced speed please it's like i'm a tank i barely move i don't need it yeah i think the dot might be the only one you can deal with we also do have their names and i would love to hear your guys's opinions on the names of these lieutenants that we will be seeing for a long ass time throw them at us I mean, like, I assume we will eventually have, like, specific feelings towards these ones, kind of like those emissaries that we had in the one affix of uh, BFA. <laughs> Shout out to Enchanted Emissary. Yo, mm. our bitch, I love her. Incinerator Arkalath, who causes a fire dot over time. Arkalath, A-R-K-O-L-A-T-H. Not the worst name. Okay, it's it's okay. Well, the incinerator part's kind of cute. We can call him Cinny. Cinny. Or I, I feel like he'll eventually just be Ark. Like, to tryhards try on the internet, they'll just call him Ark. I think you're right. Um, when you fight him, he leaves a void zone of fire, and he has a magic debuff that increases fire damage taken. Wow, that's all he has? I mean, that seems pretty fucking clutch. Okay, so now we're going to move on down to Oros Coldheart. I don't think it's a very good name because we have the cold heart in his. I don't know. It's just it's like a lazy name. This guy slows you because he's cold. <laughs> uh, it's like he has Jaina esque abilities where he fires that frost cone in front of you, like on the boat. Yeah, I was reading that. Like they, that well. Also, this is all on PTR now, so people can test these out. But um, basically, all four of these guys are not hard. The mechanics are not hard. It's pretty easy to deal with. It's just that you have to go out of your way to kill them. Okay. Probably my least favorite name. <laughs> Sogadon the Breaker. Come on. Sogadon. Soggy the Breaker. Soggy. Break my Soggy Don. He's automatically Soggy. Like, he's nothing else. He gets no cool nicknames. Ugh. And then we have Executioner Varuth, which could be one of the best names, maybe, if you say the R's correctly. He does the healing stuff. Also, no pictures of him, and he's probably the toughest out of the bosses. Oh, he has unavoidable bleeds. Ew. So, these are just, like, maw-looking guys, right? From the two images we have of Oros and Sinny, yes. They look like maw-liches, almost, it looks like. Mike Sands. Um, we have some animal powers here. They do seem kind of like the boring ones you might get in Torghast. So when you kill one, you get to choose between several then? Oh, actually, no. Wahaj is guessing. Below, we've listed the animal powers that we expect are available. Well, get out of here. Don't write that shit in here. If it's not actually there, you dummies. 
Don't make guesses and Come say it's content. On. We, we need content for our 17 articles a day. Come on. Listen, I'm not going to lie. Wowhead is very obvious you're strapped for content. You are post you're making some ridiculous uh, articles out here. <laughs> I've seen some of you guys' shit. It's like, guys, come on. This, this didn't need to be an article. This could have been a tweet. I appreciate that. So they had one article about TBCC that the very first person to hit 70, which I'm pretty sure is the same person who hit 60. It was just some little gnome guy. But they spent like three paragraphs talking about how cool he is. And then in the final paragraph, they slipped in like, he ran with five with four other people who also hit 70 30 seconds later. Ouch. Imagine getting disrespected like that. <laughs> Do you think they like, like threw it and like let him turn in the last quest first because he has the name recognition? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like hackies. I, or, I think that was, it was like hackers. Hackers is a legend. <laughs> I'm DDoSing your computer. So you slow down. He needs this. Yeah, I forgot that there was DDoS attacks, too. At this point, it feels like every Blizzard new release has a DDoS attack associated with it at this point. It's the salty Final Fantasy players who are like... I say, those, those Monchichis and Bunny Girls are over there crafting viruses in Sanctuary. Monchichis! Monchichi, Monchichi. The, okay, listen, if you play Final Fantasy, that's fantastic. I will never lambast you for playing an MMO, because I get it. But man... I have friends that are Final Fantasy players that wouldn't, they say, I would never play World of Warcraft, ever. And then they try to pitch me to play Final Fantasy. And I'm like, if you want me to play Final Fantasy, play World of Warcraft. I'll do a swap off with you, but you never offer to play my game so I can play your game. It's that simple. That's how you get people to play your game, by the way. Heads up. And it's funny. They all... They all have like the same spiel that they give for reasons why we should play Final Fantasy instead of WoW, and it kind of feels like they're a cult when they do that. I don't, I don't know if they all communicate this. It's probably the thing where like in their general chat they're all like talking the same way that like about things. I don't know. It's so interesting. What do you guys think the Guild Wars Two chat is about? Do you think they're hostile, or do you think they're just so beaten down by lack of content that it's like? We're happy here. So it's an ignorance is bliss here. I don't think they're hostile, but the only people that I know that we've gotten from Guild Wars 2 is Ash, Cass, and Nuss. They were originally in playing Guild Wars 2 together as a unit. And they came over to the guild when me and Immune came over. And then you, Aaron. So, fun fact, if you didn't know that, we we're like very similarly aged in the guild. Wait, they were not in the guild before us? Technically, they were, but only by a week or so. Huh. I just assumed their, <laughs> their wizened elder energy made me think that they were OGs. No, I think they were just a little bit tired of Guild Wars 2 and wanted to try a different MMO, and then that's where they are. I thought they were like lifers. I didn't know. Okay, so I did play with Nuss back on Skies of Furcadia, but that's a story for another day. You know, m- me and Lynn did play Pirates of the Caribbean online way no, back when. No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He told me he, told he did me it. about he was... his Toontown. He said, oh, I hated the cogs. They never went and fixed them in patch 4.0 to <laughs> university. You know, there was this glitch where, like, sometimes your pies would just not launch and it would consume them. Okay, this fucking folks in Fairy Tales book... I think we're going to have to keep getting our fucking segments in for this. 
This is some good ass stories. Yeah, so we are I renewing DNR Book Club, baby. Aaron, start us off. Well, my favorite story was how Beverly Hills betrayed me. They didn't have the book, and so I had to order it from my local bookstore. That's what I get for supporting them. And so hopefully next week, we when we go over more stories, I'll have it physically in front of me. But for now, I'll wait for these two to talk about it and go, whoa, wow. I do feel like the stories, so the Goblin one, so we read the Goblin story and the Volpira story. And those two were initially picked because I was like, okay, these have like probably the least lore implications. So we can get into like the heavy stuff, like, like the white moon, like the, the white lady of the moon. And there's like other like deep shit in there. But I don't know. This Volpira one actually fucking surprised me. Okay. So let's start with the Volpira one this week. It's the technically the third one in here, and it's called Lay Down My Bones. It's like not chronologically in order. It jumps around a little bit, so it's a little bit confu- it was a little bit confusing. Uh Slide and I actually just like popcorn read this before the the podcast, like we're in middle school or something. And I popcorn read, I said, let's popcorn read it. You start. And then I proceeded to just drink my truly and turn my computer on, and I never actually popcorned myself to read. Uh, that was fine. It was so. I'd say it started off a little bit slower because I was like not really sure what was happening. But it starts off with following this um. This main character Hava, I believe, is her name, and her cousin Sai. They're Valpira, and like once you get past the like furry undertones of the story, it's like a it's okay, I guess. Which Wait, is, but fur, furry undertones, just the fact that they're anthropomorphic characters? It's just, like, something about reading a story that is like, paws and tails and fur and their whiskers. That's what they and have! I know, but, like, just reading it, I'm like, am I reading, like, a DeviantArt fan fiction? Like, it immediately, that's, like, immediately <laughs> that's where my brain goes. Because it's, like... I, it was such a shame the other day. I looked at my dog, and it, it had four paws, and I said, ugh... Is this a sex thing? No, I will say there was a specific paragraph where it described the fact that they all slept in a puddle together. Okay, that is a sex thing. And then then there's an image. I'll I'll send you an image when the moon's talking. And I think the image is kind of what did it. And, like, again, like, if you're a furry, that's fine. But, like, I'm just reading the, you know what I mean? Reading it, it was a story that I thought I was going to be the bottom of my barrel of what I want to read. But it, 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 it was good. It was really fucking good. So... As I, as I was saying, like, the story is a little, like, not chronological. It starts off, like, in the middle of a story where they are traveling in their caravans across Voldoon, and they have this wailing bone, which is this bone that I guess is supposed to whisper to them to tell them where their elders need to be buried. And it will, like, reveal to them where the final resting place of their recently deceased elder is. Um, so they just wander the desert until the bone is like, ah, over here, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like the bone, like, is just, like, permanently screaming at all times of its existence. And it only wails, like, once it's near, like, the elephant graveyard of the Lion King to throw your grandma into the well. <laughs> yeah, so we are following Hava as she and her cousin are basically the new ones that are kind of trying to lead the pack to where they need to bury their most recently deceased elder. But they're cursed with this 
sound that is this constant dripping noise that none of them can make go away at any hours of the day and it's causing them to lose sleep and all of that they can't take it anymore so then they go sneak into the the, the entire thing is a caravan what's an individual one called fuck they just say go into the caboose where, grand, where dead ass grandma is <laughs> and they open the chest and pull out the whaling bone and it's revealed that it's broken mm-hmm you get a little bit of backstory about how, like, Hava is the younger cousin to Sai, who's the older cousin. Sai is always, like, take, would always, like, take charge and, like, was really clever and all that. Ba- back in time now, where they had a full whaling bone, and they're wandering through the desert for a long time, and they're tired of it. And then Sai is basically like, let's just yeet her into the river. No one will know. Like, no, how are they going to know? The one river in Voldoon. And the one grandma we have, let's get rid of her and put the bone with her. <laughs> and so here's here's a little backstory on this bone. And remember, this is a story passed down. So like, it's it's mostly like a ghost story to like why we all have this bone. Because all caravans apparently have this fucking bone that they carve from the, like their elders. Um, nestled in a bed of gauzy fabric lay the wailing bone. Our caravan's only heirloom, older than the oldest wagon. The length of my forearm. And as thick as around my wrist, its surface was carved with an ancient poem written in a script that few Volpira could even read. Wander, roam, bring me home. Down paths at my behest, among the stones lay down my bones, so I at last may rest. They carry on this spooky fucking tibia. And the tibia leads them to where their fucking grandma needs to be buried. Which is why all Papira are always, like, wandering the deserts, trying to you find where that grandma. That, that does make sense, though. Because I was, I mean, they're, I know so little of the Volpera because, A, they're horde, and B, they're incredibly new. But I thought about, like, where is their main civilization? And they don't have one because the Wailing Bone keeps telling them to move. And by the time they find a, find a, the resting place of... Uh, Meemaw, then, like, Peepaw dies, and they have to start the whole process again, you know? Like, the bone, like, actually, like, may take them forever to find where they're going. And the power of the bone is probably one of those things that's like, well, is it the bone, or is it just, like, does, does Uncle Louie know where <laughs> know where the burial surface is located? He's being a dick. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so back to the, the old, the old, like, folklore, like, ghost story. Um, Sai basically convinces Hava to sneak out of the caravan in the middle of the night with Mima's body. And they're like, we're just going to chuck her into the river and tell everyone that the Wailing Bone in the middle of the night called to us and revealed to us where she needed to be buried. Because I guess during the whole process of this uh, getting to where you need to get for the burial ground, they're hearing this constant dripping sound, right? Or they're not hearing it yet? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. What? They only happen after? Yeah, no, so this, this is how it's out of, out of order. So they're just tired of driving around Mima's corpse? That's the only reason why? Because they're so impatient? I mean, yeah, that, they're, that, they're that, that could impatient. make sense from a folklore perspective. Be like, we're impatient little Volpera. Let's yeet grandma. Oh and then after God. they do, they're, they're punished with the dripping. Yeah, so they yeet grandma into the river. And then they're like, huh, we can relax now. But then immediately after they throw her throw her in, the bone cracks and then they become cursed with this sound of dripping. Um, because, you know, now grandma is eternally lost in the river and it, they're cursed now with the wailing bone being broken. 
Imagine having that much disrespect for your Mima that you're just like, fuck her. I'm tired of driving around. Then I think the next time chronological bit is that they continue to travel on their path and they're all just unable to sleep because of this dripping noise for X amount of time. They decide that they need to do something about this. So they return to the river. Hava or whatever her name is, I guess, pulls a fast one on Sai and they go back down to the river to try to investigate to see if they can fix this dripping noise. I guess that's what she told him. When they get down to the river, she's like, oh my god, the whaling bone's making a noise. I wonder what it is. He's like, I don't hear anything on my end, of, uh, unlike the other one, because like, it's broken in half. Each of them had one, and they were trying to find what they needed to do next to stop the dripping noise. She's like, come look at mine. I think it's from mine. And then he like leans in. She whacks him over the head with it, proceeds to knock him out. When he starts to come to again, she chokes him out with this bone and drowns him. She literally beats Ooh. his ass and kills him. And, and she doesn't even, she says that the relief of being freed from the drip is more so than the guilt she feels from killing her own fucking cousin. Because her Dang. reasoning was like, my cousin here was the reason why we yeeted grandma into the river. So I am offering him now so that the whaling bone can be at peace and grandma can be at peace because he, it was all his fault. So I do, I do appreciate them not, not to say like giving us a big boy story, but like a story with like serious implications because between the fact that they are all small fennec fox people and when you meet with them, it's like, this is my silly caravan with llama. I'm going to sing a song. The Volpera never really felt like a real people. So I like that they're giving them like lore that is on the same level as other people's lore like this one's about murder and curses y'all yeah so after she kills her cousin she feels momentary relief there's a little bit of silence but then the bone itself starts laughing at her the corpse of her cousin reanimates and a spirit of her dead grandmother pops out of the bone and both of them Pull, drag her into the depths of the river where she dies. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody fucking wins in this goddamn story. I was like, damn, these people here can tell a hardcore fucking ghost story. And the conclusion of the story is that weeks, whatever later, the two of their, like, um, Hava's bones wash up onto the shore. Her parents find it and. Hava's bones become the new whaling bone. She like talks about how they carve it into her bow, into herself, and I'm like, and and she, like, I guess she permanently is screaming, and they don't hear her until they get to the spot of where, and they need to fucking go. So what a what a yeah. what a good existence. I guess the ultimate lore of the whaling bone is that it she is constantly talking, screaming, trying to tell them where they need to go, but they cannot hear her voice until they are close enough to to the actual resting place of their recently deceased member of their caravan. Then they can hear her wailing. But I guess she is cursed to eternally be in this bone, in the caravan, and she can hear everything that they're saying. So, like, the cautionary tale at the end is... I can hear you guys saying that you just want to bury Meemaw wherever the fuck you want and be done with this. But what? listen up. What I did, and I'm cursed to be eternally the Wailing Bone here. Bum, bum, bum. 
So yeah, I didn't expect to actually enjoy a Vulpira-themed story, but... And it was a little slow to start, but I feel like it was it was good overall. Aaron, did you get my image of the picture that we were referencing? I did. I did. And while I'm uh, uh, I'm not one to immediately jump, uh, those two little fox people are getting real comfortable while they're tussling. I can understand. <laughs> it's, it's a little sketch, but I mean, that's just what they look like. <laughs> they're also cousins, though. <laughs> hey, you know uh, what? I mean, hey, you've, you've beat up your cousin before. It just didn't look as sketch because you weren't little fox people. Or maybe they're in Volpirabama. Ah, they're dead. We can besmirch their name. <laughs> they can't say anything or else we can't hear them unless we're close enough to Mima's burial ground. <laughs> and I'm just going to throw her in the river, so I ain't going to deal with it. <laughs> Learns nothing from the story. Don't throw me on the river. Wait for her to res from the spirit healer. She'll walk back to her body. She's taking a while. She got a little lost. She's watching tiny houses on TLC. She's distracted. Oh, man. That would just force me to, like, sprint towards my dead body. I don't want to see that shit. Ooh. Want to know a story that I think is even better? This break. there, partners. Your girl Growlina here to bring you a bit of brevity in this weary world. I'm here today with Papa Joms. Pop, as an expansion, where would you say the Shadowland stacks up culinarily wise? What? Like the food? Yeah. Is it good? Or do you think the denizens of death have much to learn? The Venthyr seem to have the wine and cheese game down. But I can't say any other group is really knocking it out of the park. There are some berries in Ardenweald, but that's kind of it. Yes, yes, being immortal sort of knocks the chef's skills out of one's form. Do you think the coming of 9.1 will bring better dishes to us? I would have to imagine. I mean, the Jailer's plan is pretty wonky to me, so he's convincing all these people to join him somehow. Ah, yes, there is no better motivator to go to war than getting an extra plate at the cookout. Well, I'm going to go snack down on, like, a child's dream or whatever Droman Alioth is serving up. Until then, here's the back nine. Thank you, Growl. That gave me time to call a co-worker from the bathroom to warn him about the dangers of the devil's lettuce. Ooh, weed spooky. Unless you're a goblin and it's your most prized possession. Which have leads they, us flawlessly have, have, into this have next they talked tale. about that? No, no. I, I wish they did. They're just talking about what they, what they value. And it wasn't weed. Gallywick <laughs> said... There's only two green things I love. Goblin women and fucking weed, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy. 
Okay, so this fucking story, the uninvited guest, the minute I thought there was goblin folklore and mythological shit, I was like, I gotta read this one immediately, because I know it's gonna be good. And let me just say, like, it overall met my expectations of, well, although, admittedly, I wasn't 100% sure what my expectations for a goblin folklore fairy tale story would be, but this kind of chucked all the boxes. I would have assumed that goblins don't really have much culture other than like east side new york you mean jim oh what did they say oh, fuck jim, jim laundry. tinkering and then the l is something yeah there's else. like something that's still gt <laughs> laundering like money not laundry yeah I, yeah I think that's what it is it's jim tink jim tinkering laundering okay so i'll start us off here there's you know goblins have their cartels a big cartel leader has died I think it was the Steam Weedle. Oh, no. There's so many of them. we send him a card? No, it's too late. But Oh, I feel like an asshole. If you just sent a cartel boss, a prince, a card, you would be laughed out of fucking Tinkertown, let me tell you. So, apparently, what happens when a cartel prince dies, his will, first of all, is respected up and down ultimately, which I thought was weird. That Cobbins wouldn't be like, I'm not doing that. So, a prince dies, he chooses another prince, his rival, Clax Boom Powder, to be a pallbearer at his funeral. And he's like, I'm not doing that. And Clax's wife, I think her name is Silksy, Slixy says, you gotta do it, you can't disrespect the family. And I'm like, what, what are we like, it's like, they have, like, morals out. I think it's less so morals, because they also said that a lot of it is face, a lot of it is that they all go there to show off their personal wealth by giving more money and more donations to the the casket basically goblins they live their lives like the fucking ancient egyptian pharaohs when a goblin is dead they are buried with all of their possessions all their gold anything of value including their weed because <laughs> apparently you take the things in your casket to their afterlife, which what do they call it slide? It's like the fucking great after party or something like that. I guess they consider their afterlife to be like a giant party that they bring all of their belongings that are in their casket with them too. And so it's, uh, <laughs> which uh, this is the most goblin fucking story. I was about to say, I was, I would be very upset if they had some sort of like, Elysian fields where they live in peace. I was like, it's gotta just be like a a gambling den. Right? So it's Richter Hawk's nozzle is dead. The last trade prince of the Bilgewater cartel. Everyone from the bosses to the families in his cartel and their underlings to the welders and shop owners have showed up. And so what happens is you get in line of this casket. And when I say casket, it's not it's not really a casket. It's a old shipping container that they used to send old goblet war machines in, and they have melted it down and they have shaped it into the shape of a coffin. So it's like like it's a steel coffin, basically. Yeah. So what what is the main character's name again? Um, Clax. Clax, I think. It's Clax Boom Powder. Yeah. So Clax basically is bringing all of his offerings. And then he notices that the other main person who is giving offerings is like his arch nemesis, his rival. So he needs to one up him, basically. 
So all these goblins are lined up at this shitty casket, and they are throwing in their most prized possessions. Well, they say that, but they're not really, you know, because they're goblins. So they're, they're throwing in like their fur coats, they're throwing in their goblets and gold, um, and his rival has similar items to him. And he's like, oh man, he's throwing in this shit. Wait till he sees what I throw in this casket. So he reveals that he has a true silver coin with the emblem of the very first ever trade prince on it. I guess in Goblin lore, this is unheard of. No one's ever seen one of these. They're like, is this real? Yeah, so um, this is Clax had saved the best gift for last. He removed a small something from his pocket, and before he tossed it into the pile, he held the priceless object up for every goblin to see. The ancient gold coin gleamed, and everyone recognized the face of the grinning goblin stamped into the polished metal, the very first trade prince. So I was a little off. Gold, not true silver. My bad. It's a ga- it's a goblin galleon. Uh, the once beloved currency had been lost to time, and new forms of barter had occurred. And everyone's like, "This coin's not real, you fucker. This coin's fake." Yeah. So, um, Clax is like, "Bitches, I can prove it." So he hands it out to his rival. His rival comes up and bites it, and his rival's like, "It's real, guys." He's like, "Where'd you get it from?" He's like, "That's my secret," and he tosses it into the pile. And a tradition, of course, a fucking course. Before he tossed his little galleon into the pile, he swapped it out with a fake one in his pocket, and threw a fake galleon onto the pile. And it's like no one's ever gonna know. So then they proceed to close the casket, and in true goblin fashion, hope just close it and have. Well, okay. First off, after, immediately after they close it, all the biggest donors hop up on top of the casket and ceremoniously dance. They literally dance on it. Like, that's not a joke. <laughs> and, and because they put so much gold in it, they couldn't, the coffin would not move. So they had to bring in cranes to move it and put it in a big old hole at the barrier site. Also, the party, when you're when you're dead, it's called the everlasting party. So anyways, they, they like party all night, have a great time. Oh, we, we know what goblins eat. They eat, they have, they gorge on a buffet, a pudding fountain, ew, towers of ice goblin shortbread and funnel cake, roasted kebab and aged bear steaks. But it's as unbeknown to Clax, he had attracted the attention of something else. The creature watched from the shadows, and it wasn't a goblin, a troll, or a gnome, an elf, or an orc. It was something unseen and unknowable, an uninvited guest waiting in the darkness, unbridled greed had attracted the creature to the funeral which i think is interesting that like he's like you know what there's some greedy people but the fact that he did this with that coin big greed i would i was really waiting for it to be like a large bear just like a <laughs> a mundane thing that is larger than a group of goblins so it's like oh no <laughs> this big bear is tearing us apart we can't stop it and so it's basically just this, like ethereal spirit that like you can't see and it stalks him completely stalks him and nobody knows that it's there which is like honestly one of like the scariest fucking things and he i guess he threw a worthless painted gold galley and he just like found a fucking penny and painted it gold and tossed it in and so now the uninvited guest is basically stalking him into his home 
and it's it's choking his throat like silently and it's going in and out of his ears controlling his being like the yurgs yargs yurgs from animorphs i kind of envisioned it as like a shadow fiend type looking creature that followed him in without anyone seeing it while he was sleeping basically entered him and it's like for the foreseeable future started <laughs> controlling him so like this this also got a little bit hentai esque i guess it gets a little sexy. We might have to make the, the uninvited guest <laughs> statues NPC as Clax closed his eyes that night and visions of galleons and rare black pearls unfold in his mind. The uninvited was there beside him, barely an inch away, its mouth open, feeding. And so I guess as uh, all of Clax's like dirty, greedy thoughts, it powers up the uninvited guests. And it makes it stronger and powerful. But you can't fulfill the greed of the uninvited guest. Yeah, so the during the, the next days to come, um, Clax's wife, Silksy, I believe is her name, started to notice that he was acting differently. <laughs> like, he went from not being... He, he's completely opposite to what you would expect a goblin to be. He's looking around and thinking... We have a lot that we don't need here. We can give it away to people who need more, who need it more than us. And so he starts giving away donations. He starts giving discounts. And, you know, obviously to a goblins, donations are the worst thing you can fucking do, apparently. Yeah, like to the point where, like, he doesn't even finish his food. And Silksy's like, what are you, what are you saying here? Are you saying we need to share? Yeah, that, that was the big S word was share. She couldn't even say it, basically. And so he literally gives away everything he owns and everything Slixie owns, all of her jewels. He eventually gives away the fucking house to somebody else. And he gets so delusional that he's giving away, like, stones. Like, he finds rocks and they're like, here, take this. This is going to help me out. So at some point during the phase when... Clax was starting to give away everything. Slixie grabbed like a small hoard of their gold, ran into the forest, dug a deep hole and buried it all so that Clax could not give everything they owned away. So once he had hit rock bottom, she returned to that place and she's like, I'm leaving him. I need to go get this gold. I need to move on, I guess. And as she is on the way to get this stash she she feels the uninvited guest approach her because at this point clax doesn't have like has nothing left no no greed is left on clax so the invited guest doesn't care about him anymore i guess it sucked his dick dry of all of his fucking dollars and so then it's like i'm gonna get you slixie and it's chasing her to the forest she digs up the galleon she buried and she trips over like a, a root of a tree and all the galleons fly behind her. And then she like can see the gold coins like being lifted into the air. And it's counting them like one, two, three, four. <laughs> As she's running, she's like, oh shit, it likes to count coins. So she's running and she throws more coins behind her. And she can see it stop in the moonlight. And it's like, oh, I got a pretty fucking coin. And she sees how fucking ugly it is. It's a blurry form hovering above the coins. A vortex of liquid shadow stretching to lengthen and create fingers. No eyes, just two darkened eye pussy hollows above an enormous black void. Excuse me. 
Excuse what? me, yeah. did, did Madeline Rue use the phrase, I pussy? Um, excuse me, Madeline Rue didn't write this. It was Cami Garcia, and Cami Garcia wrote two big, oh, dirty eye yeah. pussies. <laughs> two, two quivering eye pussies. <laughs> and she sees it counting, and because it had stopped to count the galleon she threw, she was able to escape. And it did not pursue her anymore because she gotten far enough and it had its own gold. So then she's like, you know what? I can market these. And then she sells them. Yeah, at this point, she is a widow in the middle of the forest. She she creates she like builds a little small shack in the forest and starts making her own counterfeit golden galleons. She like painted rocks and wood that she finds in the forest to look like gold galleons. And she sells them in town, makes a fortune for herself. And she calls them tossaways because if the uninvited guest is coming for you, you just toss this back and you'll be safe. Which I think is hilarious because if you think about it, this is just slicksy making fucking money because it originally came up because you tossed it a gold fake painted coin into a casket. And now she's like, I can sell these gold fake painted coins. <laughs> what a business I- venture. I feel like that says a lot about the goblin lore in general, that this is like a story they pass down. And the ultimate thing is not like, oh, greed is bad. It's like, we will be greedy and attract this creature. Please do this cultural custom to to waylay it. But be sure you buy it at Slixie's Counterfeit Galley and exactly. Coin Shop. Make sure, you, <laughs> make sure you, you buy this specific product. It's so good. It works on so many levels. I love this fucking story. I'm just wondering, like, does the invited uninvited guest just not get wise enough to just go for her, or does she have like super duper counterfeit galleons to give? I mean, give hey, to he he can say he has the most rocks and yellow pieces of wood. That's something to covet. Well, speaking of coins, I think we better. Give RDN Army a new sexiest NPC of the week. <laughs> yes, siree. And this week, we got a sexy coin of our own to name sexiest. And by that, I mean we are naming the motherfucking WoW token the sexiest NPC of the week. <laughs> Finally, after months. We are finally giving it its due. The sexiest fucking thing you can buy for $20. She's at an all-time high. Well, okay, not an all-time high, but she's at an all-time patch high, baby. She breached like 195k on US servers for your $20. I can't tell you how nice it is after a long day of raiding to just run my lupine finger over her uh, four golden edges. Ooh, I was he, specifically doing the W. You know that she's gonna she's gotta feel hefty in your hand. Weighted girl coins. Mm. Sometimes you, I just like to you know, lick the ruby portion that's just at the top. You know, like I feel, Whoa. I feel like you know, it's it's Whoa. just like a little tasty Mew treat. Knows you know, what a girl's like. <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna, ooh, never mind your blue girl. Let me get at that little ruby at the top." Blah 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 blah. That's my dad always said. 
It's like my dad always said, tongue the ruby. <laughs> and you know, my favorite part about WoW Token is that they never get jealous. You said, mm, I've been stockpiling. How about we have two, maybe three of you in the bed tonight? And they go, that's fine, Mr. Moneybags. Oh, yeah. They don't have many complaints when you roll up with your $20 bill, your Andrew Jackson, which Ezroth uses very <laughs> clearly. That is the that is the only form of U.S. currency they accept. <laughs> Pennies, nickels, dollars. No, but a fresh Andy J, a fresh <laughs> Harriet Tubby. Ooh, Ooh. And like basically, the Wow Token is an old reliable. Whether it's at a high or a low, it's always there. It's always an option. They know their worth, and their worth is a fresh Andy J. <laughs> They're never afraid to change things up in the bedroom. I mean, it's a W right now, but flip her around. That's an M. Flip that's it to the side. It's a sigma, right? Uh, you have an E. Squint. It could be a three. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Three. It could, it could be a lightning bolt. I wombo, she wombo, we wow token, I guess. <laughs> you know, ooh, <gasps> wow token can immediately be a MILF. You got a mom. <laughs> W's upside down. Who doesn't love the wide, barren hips? What you thinking? Mm. What are you thinking about? I was trying to decipher what you just said. Because <laughs> wow, wow, I, token. I believe, I believe mom, because, oh, mom that's token, true. mom token. Oh. That's true, it's a mom token. Okay, okay, I got it. Give it to your mom Mwah. for Mother's Day. She called, and I declined the call, by the way. I could have answered it during the book club to have her on the podcast, but she would have hated that. Yeah, no, at that point we were 40 minutes in. She's never making it back here. <laughs> like you, Maria. It is crazy, though. Like, these prices are climbing. Uh, my highest memory of them is, like, being, like, 250K-ish back way back when it first came why out. Why are people driving up the price when the patch has been far too long? It's the Burning Crusade would... Classic, I'm pretty sure. They're mm. they're converting their gold into in opposite to buy a WoW balance, to buy something. That's probably what it is. Or it's just demand. No one's buying them. So it's, I don't know. I'm not a fucking economist. But I like basically I think like this also gives them TBC classic time, so that's probably why it has something to do with it. I don't know. I'm also not an economist. Who knows? Well, wow token. But what I do know is that Wow Token is our sexiest NPC of the week. I'll give them their oh. award the next time I don't purchase a WoW token, because I don't have that kind of gold. I never bought a WoW token, so I also cannot give the WoW token its award. I buy a WoW token every now and again to replenish my stocks. Uh. I got one of my bags right now, and I saw it was $195. <laughs> wow. Token. token. <laughs> Boo. You dumb bitch. All right, let's get our top two, bottom boot, medium, moo, Aaron, fire us off. What do you got? My medium moot for the week is a bit of a personal one. So we got Korean ice cream the other day, and I don't know how to feel about it. 
Wait, so describe it's, it a little bit for the listeners here. So it's got like flavor powdering on it and it's got like a plum ball in the middle and then they mix like water with milk and freeze that so it's 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 like part ice cream part frozen shaved ice it's just <laughs> i go it's in the freezer right now and i go back and dig into it every so often and i'm just like i don't know how to feel about you korean ice cream this is our first non-wild medium moot ever Oh, I meanwhile, like, slide chokes. Jesus. Yeah, I can cough. It's a free country. I guess medium moot, yes. My engagement was a top toot. And I think one time I had IBS during recording, and that was a bottom boot. You can get engaged in WoW, and you can use the out house in the garrison. But I don't I'm think sure you can you get Korean ice cream in Oribos, so. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's the one thing they haven't managed to find out how to make. But slide whistle, what is your TTBBMM? I got a top two. Two, two, uh, two. I forgot to give this one out last week. Vanderlyle came and saved my ass, kind of, because an immune came and saved our asses later. I was in the mall complaining during immune stream. And I'm like, the fucking stupid Shade Hounds shit in a Perdition, no, in the Beast Warrens. The things you have to kill, you have to defeat an NPC by clearing out 20 mobs before it can clear out 20 mobs. And doing that alone is difficult. I have to aggro the mobs before the big NPC mob does it. And if I'm a second too slow, I lose. So Vanderlyle heard me screaming on a mean stream and said, yo, bro, you need help? And Vanderlyle came out to the mall, joined my party, helped me out. But Vanderlyle, poor Vanderlyle, he wasn't mall ready. How the fuck? Did, oh, he wasn't pretty sure to hold ready. Or, God, he wasn't Beast Warrens ready. I hate the locations here. So because he doesn't have Beast Warrens formally unlocked, I guess there's an affix that happens where if yeah pe- people beat the shit out of you people scream at you you get screamed at and you get feared for five seconds constantly so being we 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 went through it when we were doing moss stuff with Cubbybub and she was like people are mean here and I was like you gotta get protection hold ready beast warns. <laughs> well, we were doing perdition hole, oh, but yes. Wait, do you, well, you probably the same thing because you have to unlock it. But um, mm. fucking so so we're we're trying to kill these mobs, and he, I just see him constantly running away in fear from being screamed at by this like weird fear mechanic, and we're unable to clear it because it's, it's fucking hard. So immune comes down. We finally get it. None of us get the fucking mount to drop or whatever. But it was so much fucking fun. The mall for a second. Had a blip of hope for me. And it was great. Don't worry, we'll be back in 9.1. But without the restrictions of probably being feared, I imagine. Mm, who knows? That's not that's not like an eye of the jailer thing, so maybe not. <laughs> They're not gonna make you have to unlock it. It's gonna go away. So thanks, Fanner Laugh, for your help. Alright, I mean, what do you got? I also got myself a top two this week. My top two is just the fact that Mythic Keystones are back on the menu this week, baby. 
And by that, I mean, it was a, like a heavy push week. I mean, like I already have Keystone Master, so like it matters less for me. But like everyone else in the guild wanted to run like high keys this week. So we were just running a lot of like 15s, trying some 16s. It was just nice to like step back into like some high keys with the guildies again. I had fun. Vanderlyle, that just shows you how much you mean to me that my top two wasn't me getting six more keys done for Keystone Master. Like, we blazed through these. I had 10 15s in my vault. I had three through 26 options. That never happens. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, it was a good Mythic Plus week, and we're not going to have one like that for a while, but... It was nice to like basically run them again because I, I, it's my personal favorite end game material. So I'm always down to run them with people. If you have a 15 the other side or a 15 miss of Tierna Scythe, for the love of God, let me into your key because I've been declined from several keys and kicked for not being a boomkin. And I'm like, oh, have you seen my wild progress? I am the like 50th. Uh, DPS on US West. Uh, please let me into oh, your groups. Oh no, you're falling down. Weren't you no. like 35th? Excuse at some me, point? US West, not Proudmore. US ah. West. But that is my top two. Okay, so we're out of here. Any questions, comments, complaints? If you have a 15 Miss of Tyranna Scythe or a 15 the other side, please let me know. You can email us at do not relent pod at gmail.com, tweet at us on Twitter at do not relent pod, and you can leave us reviews on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and give us some ratings on Warcraft Radio. We'll take a shot in your honor. It's been a while. I might do it for fun next week anyway and leave a fake review. What about you guys? We're going to find you on the internet. You can find me, Alex or Immunization, on Twitter at New Era Alex. You can follow our podcast Instagram account on the gram at Do Not Relent, which I will update accordingly for the new season soon. You can follow me on Twitch at Immunization DNR, where I stream Monday night, Friday night, and Sunday afternoons. You can find me, Aaron the Human, at TheBigAcheesy on Twitter.com. You can read our literary musings at DoNotRelent.LiveJournal.com. And you can check me out on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash AaronDNR. I'm sorry I did not give you any content this last week. We were busy. But tell you what, I, I make you something special this weekend. Something fun. A spicy meatball? It'll probably just be Dragon Quest, but... Uh. DQ Dragon Quest. He's the leader of the crew. You know him well. He's got spiky hair, depending on the game. Dragon Quest. Take it to the fridge, Cranky. And he can't read. peanuts, pineapple shells, grape and oranges, and coconut smells. Oh! And remember, (laughs) another down. Do not (laughs) relent. He can handstand when he needs to and inflate himself just like a balloon. Do Not Relent is a podcast within the 3HNC network, representing U.S. Proudmore's premier podcasts. That was a very good wish.